And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Swings here and he drives one deep in the center. Puig is racing back, still going back. He looks up, it's gone! Over the center field wall for Hunter Pence. Pence will touch them all and score them all. A grand slam for Hunter Pence. It's not easy when it's tough. That's when you find out what you're made of. You get so much Brisbee in your ears if you want it. If you want Brisbee, oh gosh, you get it. Anybody want coffee? I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Yes! 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 I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. You're listening to The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 27 of The Baseball Barista with Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby, presented by Tops. Check out Tops Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Tops baseball cards. Hunter Pence, how are you doing? How's the baseball treating you these days? Grant, it has been quite a show, and it's been quite a week since last we spoke, and we said we'd have more answers, and we do have more answers, and I mean, baseball's treating me good, Grant. How about yourself? It's treating me well. It's treating me well. I like that we talk once a week because we get to like revisit after a week and be like, okay, okay, what's going on now? What did we think back then? Like, you reminded me before we went on that last time we talked, I was poo-pooing the Mariners. I was like, eh, whatever, not going to happen, not going to happen. Since then, they've gone 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They've won three in a row. They're taking it to the A's. They are right there a half game behind the Red Sox. They've been outscored by 50 runs on the season. Who cares? They're doing it, and they're fun. Baseball's fun right now. All I see is, like, Mitch handing your homers, signs that say believe and keep doubting, and there's just a vibe right now. And last week, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you said something like, if even if they go 10-0, you know, they're going to still win with a 6-5 and record, these teams that are ahead of them. And, you know, nice try, Mariners. And now here we are, and they're finding a way in the mix. And I don't care if you're outscored, if you find a way to get in. The reason they're winning this many games is because not their offense, their bullpen. Can you believe it? Bullpen. <laughs> That's your thing. That's your catchphrase. Their bullpen. Yeah, it's like once you get in, like I, I think it's funny when you get outscored and make still like the playoffs. Like the 1997 Giants, one of, one of the reasons I'm here today is because of that team. It's funny. Like just take the wins, move on, and enjoy them. And right now, so like last week I was, oh, the Mariners, uh, I think the A's of that team now were like, they should be eliminated. By the time this is released, you know, they might be eliminated. At the same time, I have a, a scenario. I've, I've done it in Excel where there's a five-way tie for two wildcard spots. You ready for this? Yankees lose out. The Red Sox go two and three. 
The Blue Jays go three and two. They have to win both Yankees games and then lose two or three of the Orioles. The Mariners go two and two, and uh, the A's win out. And if you get that, you get a five-way tie. Like, I Googled what happens in that, and I got an MLB.com article talking about a four-way tie for two spots. I don't know what the plans are for a five-way tie for two spots. So they don't even have it written in the rule book. So, I mean, obviously there's a crazy <laughs> algorithm there that you put together. That's a, that's data mining like 101. That would be incredible. But I'm okay with like, because they're so mingled and it's so exciting. I'm okay with the four-way tie because that's very much more likely than the A's getting back up in there. The Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Mariners are all so tight. It's all within, uh, as of this recording, a game and a half. Am I correct? How many are the Blue Jays back right now? Blue Jays are, as of this recording, I've got so many freaking 87 and 70, up. and the Red Sox are 88 and 69. So they're a game behind the Red Sox for the, the second wild card, as of this recording. The Mariners are a half game back. So yeah, there's four teams clumped within a game, basically. And this is the kind of fireworks you live for. And it brings you back to 2011 game 162. I hope that we have that same thing. And I think since then, they made it where everyone, no matter West Coast, East Coast, the last game of the season starts at the same time, which is kind of wild. I have it uh, for a four-way tie. There are three different ways that it could happen. If the Yankees go, if the Yankees go two and three, then the Blue Jays have to go five and oh, the, the Mariners have to win out. If the Yankees go one and four, like there are three different scenarios where you could have a four-way tie. Like I'll settle for a three-way tie, but I want maximum chaos. We've we've talked on this podcast. We are pro-chaos uh, here on the Baseball Barista because a four-way tie would be like a mini tournament. Like that would be so cool to have like a playoffs before the playoffs, you know, a play into the playoffs for the real playoffs. I mean, it's like a dream within a dream a tournament <laughs> to, to get into the tournament. Oh, man. Yeah, and I love it. I'm not even going to lie. I do love it. And it would be awesome to see who, who gets out of that and, and watch that whole shenanigans play out. But all I know is there is a crazy vibe with the Mariners. And, like, the, obviously the Blue Jays had that. There was, like, early, early, there was, like, a, a long Yankees win streak. And, like, oh, my God, the Yankees. And the Blue Jays started coming out of nowhere. Everyone this season keeps being, like, resurrected from the dead the Braves in the first half seemed like they were dead and now they're most likely going to win the East the St. Louis Cardinals we got to jump over to this are they ever going to lose again and and as of today of this recording this will be coming out tomorrow but they are 17 straight wins and they're beating the Brewers they're sweeping the Brewers like what this is a like what do you have talk to me about the Cardinals yeah, if you're the Brewers, like you've already won the division, you know you're not going to get home field advantage throughout or, or whatever, but you don't want to go into the playoffs thinking like, geez, are we that good? You don't want to have any doubts and the Cardinals just keep taking it to them. This is the 14th, tied for the 14th longest winning streak in baseball. There have been, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams, only eight teams in baseball history with a longer winning streak. So of these 13 teams that have won at least 17 games or more, how many do you think of the 13 won the World Series after doing that? There was 13? 13 with 17 game winning streak or longer. Mm, I'll say five. It was three. And a lot of that has to do with these are old timey teams like the 1907 Giants, the 1912 Senators who missed the playoffs entirely because there was no playoffs. It was pennant and into the World Series. So like you could finish with 95 wins and not make the the World Series because that's how it worked back then. So it's a little deceptive. But you have the 1906 White Sox, the 1947 Yankees and the 1953 Yankees as the only teams with this kind of winning streak 
who have won the World Series. Is there something to that when you're talking about the 2002 A's, the 2017 Indians? Is there a thing as peaking too early? Or is it just there can only be one World Series winner and the odds are always against every team? I'm going to use this opportunity to, to give a little jab your way because, you know, According to you, that's great because the less teams in the playoffs, the better. And who cares if you win 100 games? <laughs> You're still games. salty about only this. Two teams, only two teams should be in the playoffs because I'm old school. Change is good and more teams in the playoffs teams. and more chaos is better. But I think it's because there's only one team that wins the World Series. And, and I doubt that many of those teams had that win streak within the last week of the season. Like they could potentially go on, you know, into the into the postseason. Like this is when you want to be peaking is like obviously in this next week. And and that's the wild thing about baseball is even week to week vibes change, you know, like for instance, even, you know, within the, let's, let's say the San Francisco Giants who have 103 wins right now, you know, Brandon Belt, who's been having a phenomenal season. He had 29 homers already with, uh, he already had a knee injury that they thought he was out for the year. He comes back, he's hitting Homer, Homer City, and uh, now he, he goes to bunt, breaks his thumb, but the Giants keep, keep being next guy up. So to me, it's like, one week is a big deal, just like within with the Mariners, like what we saw from last week to this week. Uh, you said if they go ten and zero, they're still like gonna not really be there. They go nine and one, and they're right there. I just like I can't get over it. You were my harshest critic. My gosh, I am. I love to, but, but hey, I'm gonna be my harshest <laughs> critic too. We're family here. No, no, no. I just tease. Uh, one thing before I move on on this this list of historical winning streaks. One thing I, I found and I found it hilarious. The 1916 Giants, they had a 17-game winning streak, and then later they had an, a different, separate 26-game winning streak, which is the all-time record. Uh, they didn't win the pennant. They didn't go to the World Series. They finished 86 in 66 with three ties. I don't even know how that happens, man. That is crazy to have two winning streaks of just like historical proportions and only win 86 games. That is funny. I just had to say that before we move on. That's definitely a head scratcher. And I mean, I'll be honest, I don't know any of the players from back then. So it's hard to, to pin. Christy Matthewson, that's all I got. <laughs> He's nasty in MLB the show. <laughs> now, when it goes to the AL wildcard, let's think about schedules. The Yankees, they have two more against the Blue Jays, and then they have three uh, against the Rays at home. The Red Sox have a little bit easier schedule on paper where they are facing uh, the Orioles and the Nationals all on the road. The Blue Jays are facing the Yankees for two. They uh, also have three against the Orioles, this time at home. The Mariners have one more against the A's, three against the Angels with Shohei Otani perhaps pitching the final game of the season. The A's have four games left, one against the Mariners on the road, three in Houston on the road. Is that going to play into this? It seems like... The Red Sox, if they want to, they should be able to take care of business on the road against Baltimore and Washington, but it's not that easy. It's definitely not that easy, and anyone can beat anyone. There's a, there's a couple weird scenarios where it looks like the Yankees have the worst of this schedule, but then you think about going to play the Rays, who've already clinched the division. They're going to be kind of resting and getting ready for the postseason, and that's kind of been like a weird thing in baseball is these clinched teams – playing against teams that are battling other teams. And it's like, I remember one season, I believe it was like the Cubs had already clinched and Madden was the manager and they were just resting everybody and not really competing against. I don't remember who exactly, but I know that we were trying to chase them. It definitely was was frustrating as a team that really needed that team to lose to see them not do that. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Yankees having to play Tampa is, is going to be tough or if it's going to be like the Rays, like, 
saving their starters, getting everyone ready. That one's weird to me all, all in all, but it definitely looks like the Red Sox have the easier schedule and it's advantageous for kind of the, the Mariners and, and the Red Sox. If you are a betting man, the Red Sox do look good. Even if they're on the road, it's the Orioles. Uh, they should be able to handle the Royals or the Orioles. Uh, the Nationals uh, maybe aren't the Orioles, but they, still, like it's it's not a great team that the Red Sox have to, to face. So the Red Sox have a little bit more control. But if the Blue Jays can beat the Yankees, then the, all of a sudden you start looking at a home series with the Orioles coming in. If you're a contending team, when you see a team like the Orioles come in, or if you are the Giants and you see a team like the Diamondbacks come in, are you scared of them? Like, do you think like this is a like a team that has nothing to lose? Like this is their World Series. They're going to be freaky and we can't take them lightly? I do think that a lot of times those young teams that just like, well, back in the day, they had a bunch of September call-ups, but, you know, they're testing out. They're doing a trial period, and they got nothing to lose, and this is their World Series. So the, you definitely can't sleep on them. I don't think you get scared. You got to take care of business, and it's not going to be easy, and, and games don't always go uh, the way you, you expect. So basically, at the end of the day, it's going to be the last week. All of these teams have earned, you know, their opportunity to make it to the playoffs, and, and now you got to continue to earn all the way. So can you finish? Can you follow through? You know, like the remember the Titans, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter, or whatever movie that was. This is the final stretch. Just go earn it. And does any anyone want to play the Cardinals right now? Because they've obviously earned their spot in the playoffs, and they're just waiting, like, who's up? Do you still feel like whoever does face them is going to be the 100-win team? Like, that's a weird scenario, in my opinion. Listen, it is huge. You want to stay the heck away from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are, like, they're not a team of destiny yet, because like you said, one week changes everything. You don't want your whole season to come down to one freaking game. I mean, the Giants, as someone who has been a Giants observer, like, especially if that team employs Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, who are like notorious for doing bad things to the Giants with great frequency. The Dodgers don't want to roll into the wild card game having won, I don't know, 105 games only to have like one bad inning from the starting pitcher that could screw it all up. Like nobody wants to be in that position. So it's like as important as anything as even making the postseason is to win that division, I think. Maybe more important for the Giants than the Dodgers because the season series, like like you said, like Arenado and Goldschmidt both have like just destroyed the Giants when they because they were in the division and they were they just play really well against the Giants for whatever reason. And I know the Giants did not fare very well against the Cardinals in the regular season. They lost some tough matches to them, lost the season series. And if you're the Giants, would you rather, let's say you win the division, play the Dodgers than the Cardinals right now? Like are you you're rooting for the Dodgers because they it's as close as you could get. I think it was like nine wins to eight wins, but the Giants did win that series. And obviously a Giants-Dodgers uh, playoff series is going to be insane. But as a Giants fan, as a Giants, or if you are the Giants, are you rooting for the Dodgers to win that game if you win the division? So the Giants win the division. I still think on paper, based on record, based on whatever metric you want to use that the Dodgers are better than the Cardinals, that the Dodgers are a better, they're a deeper baseball team, they're a better constructed baseball team. And if you take all the narratives out, if you take just, you know, the Giants-Dodgers, how great of a, of a matchup that would be, and you're just looking at X's and O's, you gotta want to face the Cardinals. I know that they have Arenado and Goldschmidt, that they're on this wild tear, but the Dodgers are just a great, great team, and you want them the heck out of the way. 
I don't know. I don't know if I agree because <laughs> it's like, but they're they're honestly all three of those teams are insanely hot. They're like volcanic lava hot. Like uh, so, they're melting all of baseball, and uh, it's gonna be fun to watch. I know that. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna slide on over to the NL. I'm gonna get this correct. The NL East and pivotal series Braves and Phillies, and uh, losing game one with uh, with your ace Zach Wheeler on the mound is pretty tough. They're going to have to bounce back. But what's it going to take? Like, Because obviously the, the Phillies needed a sweep here. But if they can win the series, that puts them, what, within – that'll put them within a game and a half. And what's the final – do we know the, the final schedule for the Braves and the Phillies, their, their last uh, series? The last series of the season, Phillies are in Miami – Four three, uh, and then you have the Braves will be at home against the Mets. Uh, so that is, yeah. I mean, you got to think that the Braves. I mean, just by virtue of being at home, they're going to to have a little bit of the driver's seat. Just by virtue of having the advantage in the standings, they are uh, absolute favorites. I think. Let's see. Baseball Reference has them. Okay, that's just to make the postseason. Oh, I see. So they're not going to win the wild card. So 97.9% chance to make the postseason, which gives them, you know, a 98% chance to win the division. That's what the, the nerd stats say, is that as of right now, so many times you see this 98% chance and then all like it was like <laughs> it was like a 1% chance for the Giants to make the playoffs this year. And like I don't buy that that percentage at all. Cause like it's baseball. And like where the Mariners were a week ago to where they are today, it's like I I don't buy it 98%. There's no way it's that it's that clear. I have been watching the the percentages for the Giants go from like, you know, 1%, 0%, you know, and I've, I've watched it climb up. As it gets closer to the end of the season, it's basically just a numbers game. Like, you know, if the Braves win X and the Phillies win X and like you, you run those, that many simulations and 99 or 98 times out of 100, the Braves are going to win enough games to win the division. This is including like tiebreakers. You know, if they finish with the same record, they would play a one game playoff. So all of that's included. I don't know about the exact number. Like, I don't think it's that important to have an exact number. I think it's it's better. It's more important just to say Braves have the advantage. Clearly, in so many ways, they probably won't screw this up, but they could. That being said, they probably won't screw this up, but they could. I want to talk a little bit about pitching matchups and and dive a little a little foreshadowing. And maybe this is too early. Maybe maybe, but let's go into. A NL wild card game: Cardinals versus Dodgers. Who are the, who's the, the Cardinals starter right now? Is it is it Wainwright? Like uh, today, as of this recording? Yeah, like who would be their 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 go to? I mean, because they got Flaherty's back. Wainwright's, I mean, seventeen and seven. Flaherty's nine and two. That's got to be Wainwright, right? I mean, I know Flaherty's back. I know that uh, they they've been getting uh, good good work from Kim. But yeah, no, it's it's got to be it's got to be Wainwright. He is, you know, he's their ace. He's seventeen and seven. He's he's got the three oh five ERA. Did he turn forty yet? Like, is he like an official forty year old man now? I'm not sure, but I think Let's so. See, yeah, he's forty years old in thirty days. I mean, what a freaking season! You have to go with him. I mean, he is uh, like the franchise icon for the the Cardinals, and he's pitching as well as he's ever pitched. So I I go uh, Wainwright. Okay. Okay. And then, and then, if you're the Dodgers, is it Scherzer or is it Bueller? That is wild. And who that are you? Who are, yeah, who are you taking in this game of Wainwright versus Scherzer or Bueller? Who I'm on the fence because Flaherty, 
Flaherty's nasty too. Flaherty is nasty. Flaherty but you're right. Like nasty. it's tough to not put Wainwright in a winner go home game because he's he's Wainwright. He's Mr. Cardinal. If the Dodgers are, let's see, Dodgers make the wild card game and they have to choose one guy, it's got to be Scherzer. I mean, Scherzer is pitching as well as any pitcher has pitched in history. Like over the last 10 starts, he's having uh, a historic run for a new team. Bueller is great. Bueller might win. You know, the Cy Young, Bueller is transcendent in so many ways, but uh, he's not a Hall of Famer yet. And I think Scherzer is a guy who's been there. Scherzer is a guy who has won a World Series. And if you have one do or die game and you have to choose between someone who has uh, been in that situation just a little bit more, I know Bueller won a World Series last year, but I, I still go Scherzer. Yeah, I mean, golly, the the Dodgers, when you look at this, it's actually kind of mind-blowing. Let me just go over, like, the starting pitching of the Dodgers right now. Walker Bueller, 15-4 and with a 2-4-9. Then we go to Julio Urias, 19-3. and What? 19-3 and right now with a 3-0-1. And by the way, the Dodgers don't win the World Series last year without Julio Urias because he was the killer. And to me... The guy who ends team seasons, who gets the final out, and Urias was the one to do it to the Braves when they were down 3-1. He was the one to do it to the Rays. He became their closer. He was the guy that was like, I'm ending your season, and we're the best in the world. And that pitcher that does that, that ends the major league season, is a dude. But I mean, I don't think that there's any way that it's Julio Urias that's going to start that game, but I just... Walker Buehler, 15-4. Julio Urias, 19-3. Clayton Kershaw, 10-8. Probably not fourth starter. Just Clayton yeah. Kershaw. Eh, yeah, he, whatever. He, maybe he's out of the bullpen. No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's such an embarrassment of riches, and that's why. Like, sure. Wait, wait. Make- Scherzer seven and zero oh, with a one four three. It's got to be. It is Scherzer. There's no doubt about it. It's Scherzer seven and zero oh, nineteen and three. Wait. Let's jump to the Giants starting pitching. The numbers that don't add up in the Mariners, like if you if you go and look at their starters, it's it's like I mean they're doing good, but like that Dodgers starting pitching is crazy. These numbers, and I mean obviously the the Giants have incredible pitching. Gossman fourteen and six with two eight seven, amazing. Uh, Logan Webb ten and three with two nine three. Discalfani twelve and seven. So it's just the win losses don't really add up. They're 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 getting it out of their bullpen and and they're playing good offense, I guess. But, like, if you're lining up starting pitching, holy cow, that Dodgers, the, the stats are just, like, mind-boggling. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? (laughs) You mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
The Dodgers are like, you know, they have a good rotation all around. Of course, they have a good uh, bullpen all around. Like they are very top heavy in a way, though. And I've written about this with the Giants, where if you go of Giants pitchers with more than 20 innings pitched, right? You have Sammy Long, who has a 5.53 ERA. He's done mop-up work, whatever. He's the only pitcher with more than 20 innings pitched with an ERA above 4.09, right? So you have, if you have pitched more than 20 innings for the Giants, you have an ERA, most likely in the twos, sometimes in the threes, and then you have Alex Wood and Johnny Cueto, who are starters, with an ERA four or just above. So it's this bulk of the Giants are just not distributing innings to guys who are going to ruin whatever game that they're pitching in. It's guys who are preventing runs to a man. And it's just throughout, it's guys who have come up, guys who have been sent down. It's when they have to get a few innings from Jay Jackson, he's doing okay. When they have to get a few innings from Aaron Sanchez earlier in the season, he's doing okay. They just have not whiffed on one of the guys uh, other than Sammy Long, who's actually been, I think, better than his ERA. Give them a chance to win if you're going to get those innings and and their offense is, is just next man up. Uh, and speaking of, with Belt going down, does that mean Ruff is going to start against righties and lefties and be the first baseman? Uh, who, who jumps into that slot? Ruff is is recovering from an oblique tweak. Yeah, he should be ready okay, by the so end of the down. week is, is the hope. Right now, it's going to be Flores and Lamont Wade Jr. They have just a lot of guys who can play first, at least. You know, you've got Lestella, who hasn't been there this year, but he can play first. You know, he has experience in the past. Uh, you have Flores, you have have Ruff, you have Wade. I mean, they're not going to put Posey or Casale there, but they do have experience there, like in a, in a pickle. If you're going to lose, like, a heartbeat of the team, like Belt, if you're going to lose a guy who's having an otherworldly season, it's there's never an easy way to do it, but, like, this is a position where that it's, you know, the Giants can just say, well, we've got X, Y, and Z. It's not like shortstop where it's like, uh, okay, we've got like Estrada. And then after that, like we're, no one's really an official shortstop. Like they have options at first. Okay. Okay. But uh, that was a little bit of a, of a off track because I wanted to stick to these like starting pitchers of these games. And so let's jump to the AL and, and between the four teams, there, uh, there is five, but uh, well, we should add the A's in here. The five teams, who are the starters for each of them? Yankees, Red Sox. And by the way, what Giancarlo Stanton's doing right now is absolutely <laughs> absurd. Like, I'm definitely enjoying this stretch that he's on. And when he gets hot, it's insane. And it's been fun to watch. So I'm loving seeing that from him. But Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Mariners, A's. Who's starting? Who's coming out on top? Let's make a decision. The tricky part here is that it, like, you almost need a matrix to know because it's going to matter which teams are still 106, game 162, like, oh God, we got to win this to even get to the wildcard game, right? You have the Pirates in 2014 who used Garrett Cole and then they had to do Edinson Volquez, you know, in the, the wildcard game. Like, you don't know if Garrett Cole is going to be available for the Yankees, probably. Like, I'll just start with there. Like, it's probably Garrett Cole for the Yankees. Yeah, that one's the easiest. Like, that's a, that's like a no-brainer, no-doubter. But, by the way, let me go back to that 2014. The last month and a half, Edinson Volquez had like a .8 or like a 1.1 ERA. So, like, he was on fire. They weren't. They had two number ones. And they were going to win. the. They had a chance to win the division, but the Cardinals won on that. That day I believe it is what it was and so that's why they pitched Garrett Cole and they felt just as confident because like Volquez wasn't giving anything up at that time he he became a tremendous pitcher the with the Pirates and he told me that they taught him how to pitch inside and he had never done that before 
That's a good point. That's a good point. He was not just some schlub that they hired off Craigslist or something like that. <laughs> he, you know, he was he was a dude at that point, and that that is good. But it, the the larger point that I'm trying to make is that you can point to the best pitcher for all these teams. They, they might need they might those guys. Yeah. So like right now we have, if you're talking, uh, Chris Sale just pitched on Tuesday for for the Red Sox. They would be pitching uh, Nate Eovaldi pretty, let's see, they'll be pitching him on Wednesday. So he would be lined up. I think you've got Eovaldi to be the guy if they get to uh, the wild card game. That would be it for uh, the Red Sox. It's sale if he's available, right? A hundred percent. Right. I think I think sale, but you I mean how much are you gonna get? If you're talking like a one game playoff to get to like the, the big boy playoffs, how many innings are you getting out of sale at this point? Like he's he's doing great work, like he looks fresh, but he's still like someone you're not gonna push to 110 pitches if you need to. I know that's not what baseball is these days, but it's like if you're there and you have a chance and you're rolling this guy out there he has pitched six innings in a start this year he's generally going about five he pitched into the sixth his last start but he's not gonna be that workhorse does that even matter in the modern game no you put your best pitcher out there and you might pitch both of them you know like you look at like the rockies or not the rockies the the royals excuse me uh in 2014 the Royals in 2014 brought you know Ventura out of the bullpen there you know their number two it was like Shields was one Ventura was two and he came out of the bullpen and kind of gave it up because he had never come out of the bullpen so there's a scenario where both Eovaldi and Sale pitch but you put your best of your best of your best in there because it's win or go home everything is on the line so I don't care how deep he's going to go how many outs and how many runs can he prevent period let me do devil's advocate here. I'm looking at Sales game log. He has pitched against the Orioles three times, the Rangers once, the Twins once, the Rays twice. One one time wasn't didn't go very well for him, and then the Mets once. So the Rays are the only team uh, over 500 that he's faced, and they took it to him in one of those games. Does that matter? Like, is is has he been feasting on the Orioles, getting that ERA under three, or is he just? I, I haven't seen him pitch. So is Chris Sale like the Chris Sale of old? I mean, I don't think that the Orioles is like a lineup that you go, oh, that's an easy lineup. And even pitching in either of those stadiums, Baltimore or Boston, is a very small stadium. They got offensive players there in in Baltimore. So I don't think that you can – I think you look at his numbers and his numbers are his numbers and his stuff is his stuff. So just kind of weigh it on the stuff. And from what I've seen, I mean, I watched Baez like get hit in the back foot on a slider and strike out, you know. So like that tells me that it's pretty nasty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Blue Jays, let's hop to the Blue Jays. Again, the disclaimer is they might have to use Robbie. We're just saying like in in, in the perfect scenario. So obviously there's that disclaimer. No disclaimers. Okay, so no disclaimer. Let's just go straight to it. It's got to be Robbie Ray. I mean, if it lines up in the Blue Jays are in, you've got one shot. Uh, Robbie Ray is one of the better redemptive arcs of the 2021 season. He's been freaking nasty this year. Yep. I mean, that one seems pretty clear cut too. Who are you taking if it's Robbie Ray versus Chris Sale? Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra-flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention 
into themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. You know, I'd feel more comfortable with Robbie Ray, who has a done it all year. B just, he isn't, you know, coming back from Tommy John building arm strength. I feel bad keeping, uh, throwing the demerits at Chris sale for coming back from injuries. So successfully, <laughs> so many <But> demerits, <laughs> you know, but it's still, it's, I, it's always on my mind. It's like, I just think, because from what I've heard from pitchers, it's that the command is one of the last things to, to come back. Someone described it. I don't remember where I heard it, but like, it's almost like I'm pitching with someone else's arm. And that stuck with me. It's like, wow, you know, it's just a different vibe. Even when you're healthy, even when you're pitching, like command is usually the last thing to get back. So I'm always skeptical. But again, I've never pitched. So I don't know. I'm just making this up. So so you you think, so if they pitch Eovaldi, who are you taking? I think the numbers are the numbers. So like say The numbers are the numbers. <laughs> Sales numbers are good, but who, who, who are you taking if the Red Sox pitch Eovaldi? I would go, you know, I like Ray in that matchup too. Ray has been, he has rebuilt his career and he's just, uh, he's been excellent all year. So I would still go with Ray in that scenario. Okay, so you got the Blue Jays if they play the Red Sox. What about against Garrett Cole? Against Garrett Cole, gosh, you know, Garrett Cole, I know he didn't have uh, a great start recently, but he still, let me check here, he's still Garrett Cole. I'm going to go Chris with Garrett Sale Cole. Chris Sale still Chris Sale. I guess he's Chris Sale with a new arm, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Chris, listen, Chris Sale's a dude. But I will say that Chris Sale against uh, Judge and Stanton, when, you, when you're talking guys who might be able to turn around uh, a lefty, I know that that leaves Rizzo and Gallo out of the equation. But like the Yankees shouldn't be hurting against a left-handed pitcher. So I would still go, I mean, Garrett Cole is, he's a guy on a Hall of Fame track. I know Chris Sale was too, but I, I still don't have a ton of reasons to doubt Garrett Cole other than, uh, you know, he didn't do so hot in his start against the the Indians. He was okay against the Red Sox uh, in their win over the Red Sox uh, on the 24th, but I still go Cole. I still think that he's got a lot to do. Okay, so Cole Cole would beat Robbie Ray of the Blue Jays and the Yank- and then what about you know Cole versus Sale or Eovaldi? Of this exercise, Cole is the best pitcher that we're gonna name. You're gonna name uh, Ray uh, Eovaldi. Uh, you've got uh, just anyone you throw out there. I think Cole is he's got the paycheck to prove. Cole's it. gonna win that game. Well, it, you know that depends on on the lineups and you know who he's facing. This is Robbie Ray and the Blue Jays versus Chris Sale and the Red Sox. This is Robbie Ray and the Blue Jays versus Garrett Cole and the Yankees. Like, this is what, I, what I'm talking about. Like, who's going to win these games? So right now, it, it seems like, you, are you just saying Cole is the better pitcher or the Yankees are going to win? If Cole is is playing against the Blue Jays, for example, uh, you look at the Blue Jays lineup and you've got Guerrero, you've got uh, Simeon, you've got Bichette, you have like a ton of thump, you've got uh, Springer. The one thing they all have in common is they are right-handed. And I think Cole is like, you can't just go platoon splits and platoon splits, but at the same time, 
if you're going to pick a lineup you want Garrett Cole to face, it's going to be a lineup of right-handed hitters. So I would take Cole over the Blue Jays uh, lineup. I would take him over basically anyone. I mean, it's he is that good. But at the same time, you can get to him. I mean, the Indians got to him. He left the Yankee Stadium to booze, which wasn't ideal. So, I mean, that's when, he, when you're talking about a wild card game. It's just, whoops, one game, and then you, you're out. Exactly. And... That's the way it goes, and that's why it's so fun to, to play this exercise. So let's jump to the Mariners. I think it's easily Chris Flex, and I don't see how it could be anyone else. As far as like looking at the numbers, maybe Marco Gonzalez, but I don't think so. Chris Flexen has been, you know, the guy. Like I said, I, I love that name, just Flexen. You know, he, he's Flexen out there. He's but, nasty, too. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, he's a big reason why they're there. I will say with Marco Gonzalez, like his ERA, it's only four. And you're thinking, oh, OK, you know, that's not so great. But as of July 3rd, his ERA was six. As of August 1st, it was 5.15. So since August 1st, he has been like one of the reasons the Mariners are where they are. In 11 starts, he has a 2.57 ERA. He's been 7-0. The Mariners have gone 8-3 and in those starts. So you don't want to just dismiss the idea of Gonzalez. I don't because he's like kind of the, as far as like, you can just tell when someone does everything right. And Marco Gonzalez comes so prepared. He's so professional and he's just, he just knows how to pitch. He's in like, so I, I could see them going actually with Marco Gonzalez because like he's hot and he's kind of the, he's been the ace, their opening day starter, you know, the, the bonafide ace of that staff and kind of a heart of this Mariners rebuild. I would, you would say. I keep looking at the Mariners roster and their pitching staff, and I'm doing the same thing there, their lineup, and I am rooting for it because, like, this is so, like, I don't understand them. And some analysts, when they don't understand a team, (laughs) some analysts, they get mad. Like, they look at a team, it's like, oh, this is stupid. I'm going to figure out why they're they're making me look bad. Whereas I look at it and go, this is hilarious. How could he not root for it? I mean, first time since 2001, maybe. Like, the Mariners should be, if you don't have a rooting interest of any of the teams that are in just jump on the Mariners bandwagon they might break your heart but it's it's a lot of fun as it's going on I mean yeah like I can't get enough of it on on social media like you know like Mitch Hanniger believes whoever does it for him <laughs> believes Chris Flexen believe I love Tyler Anderson root for him you know you know who has kind of cooled off is Abraham Toro now kind of at a 692 OPS, but they found all sorts of bullpen arms that are just like everyone in their bullpen is looking nasty. They got it, uh, you know, a Casey Sadler, who's a 0.72 and 37 innings pitch. That'll help. Uh, you know, Diego Castillo, 2.66, Joe Smith, 2.04. If they get a lead, it's going to be tough to score on them. And that, that can strangle you. So, I don't know, man. I I'm uh, I'm rooting for the Mariners. You're right, but I think it. Ooh, I don't know who the starter is. Is it Gonzalez? I don't know. I think it's it's going to be flexing, but I think what's more likely to happen is that they have to. If the Mariners are in, it's because they've had to scramble and win every last game that they had and leave everything on the table. So it's going to be the best pitcher left over. I think for the Mariners, whoever that is, it's going to be okay. We emptied our chamber to get into the wild card game. We can't be picky. We can't try and plan for the wild card game. So I think with the Mariners specifically. There's no way, but if it comes down to uh, their choice, we like to. We're just playing a hypothetical game here, and then the A's, if they get in, probably Bassett. If you ask me, uh, I think that's pretty clear as well. He's healthy. Montas is actually 
uh, up there as well. Yeah, I think that's about right. I think, I mean, Manaya is good. You're going to go with a guy like Bassett as long as he's, you feel confident you can get your your typical Chris Bassett start out of him. That is the guy, uh, you know, he's, he's had a, a really like underrated, great, quietly great career. I think the 2020 season being so short uh, really made it hard to appreciate what he was doing last year, but he's been a really good pitcher for the A's since uh, 2018 now. I can just uh, attest that Bassett is nasty from facing him. Uh, same with Montas as well, but Bassett's tall, right? So is is it like a deception thing? Is it? I mean, the stuff is good. It's just, but what makes him so tough? It's hard, sharp, late movement, and it all comes kind of like it's really late, and like his slider really looks like a fastball, and his his fastball just is deceptive, like has more movement than it appears. So it's sharp, crisp, and he's accurate, and he knows how to pitch. So it's just good stuff. I think he would be the guy, uh, you know, the fact that he's pitching at all is is incredible. The A's, they have taken that spot now where it's like, should we really even be talking about them? But listen, if they have a chance, they have a chance. I'm not going to look stupid for next week because I know that there will be someone uh, ready to say, hey, Grant, you looked stupid last week. Well, and I'm not saying you look you. stupid. I'm, like, we're wrong. Like, <laughs> and, and I preface it with, like, the one thing that baseball always teaches is that we do not oh, know. Man. You know, the, Come only, on, man. the <laughs> only way that, that Socrates knew that he was the wisest man in all the land is because he was the only one that knew that he did not know. <laughs> and uh, I'm taking the Mariners, baby. I believe. Let's go. Mariners are my sentimental choice. I am at, at heart like a rational, like, and so I've got that, that part of the brain where it's like, well, the Yankees and Red Sox have the current position. So that's, I'm going to err to the default and the, the teams that have the spots right now are going to keep them because that's the odds are in their favor. But that's been wrong all year. I know, I know, but like I, you know, I, I'm used to being wrong. You're, I'm a baseball player. <laughs> you're Johnny. What? Where are we now? Baseball's what you know, just always switching, always twisting. And I'm taking the Mariners. They're gonna make it to the wild card game, and they're gonna get out of the wild card game. And uh, that's that's what I'm picking right now. Just uh, as a as a crazy bandwagoner that believes. But if I'm talking about a team I want to watch, say the ALCS or the NLCS, and I'm sitting down for seven games to watch and really focus on one team face against another team, like I would rather watch for seven games the Blue Jays. Like I would rather watch the players on the Blue Jays than the Mariners. The Mariners are a great story. Like they do have players I like. I love Ty France. Uh, I think that was a cagey trade to get Ty France and the Padres. He seems like a guy you don't know quite where to pitch him. He he doesn't seem like he has uh, holes. Like I love watching him, but I love watching like so many guys on the Blue Jays. So if you're talking about just pure like eyeballs, what my eyeballs want to see over seven games, like the Yankees, the Blue Jays, that would be a heck of a, a heck of a series to watch. You're not wrong. The Blue Jays are fun to watch. It's Vlad Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. It's uh, Bo Bichette. These guys, uh, you know, Teoscar Hernandez. These guys can rake. But I don't know. There's just a vibe with the Mariners. They've resurrected from the dead. If I'm really being honest, who I think is going to win it all. And I think the Yankees just have too much thump and firepower. And they're built to do it. So, like, obviously, like, and how hot Giancarlo Stanton is right now, I think, is uh, is pretty ridiculous. And I know that they have other people, like, if Joey Gallo gets going, he's super clutch. So, I think the more, you know, I think actually jumping to the playoffs is going to be really good for him. The Yankees is, would be my pick. Obviously, like, 
I'm taking the Mariners, though, because it's just too fun, and I want to believe. Watch out for the Mariners, and they're on the believe train. So I think there's just there's something to that. It reminds me a little bit of some of the Giants teams that I was on that no one thought we could beat anybody. Uh, everyone thought we were out. The you know we were we were projected to lose all the time, and we used that as fuel. And it just looks like they're fueled that way. But like you said, they've been outscored. All I can say is I'm going to enjoy the heck out of watching it. Yeah. All right. Now, what about the Dodgers and Giants? As of this recording, they each have five left. The Dodgers have two more against the Padres. Then they have three at home against the Brewers. The Giants have two at home against the Diamondbacks. And then they have the Padres for three at home. Two games with five games left. That's a good lead. That's a good lead to have. Like, is that enough to make them the favorites over a Dodgers roster that might be a little bit better on paper? Are you talking about to win the division? The the Giants to win the division. Absolutely. Two games up with this few of games is a big lead. And you know, they're playing the Diamondbacks who they've beaten fifteen they've won fifteen and lost two. So they have two more against the Diamondbacks as of this recording. And then they play the Padres, you know, so obviously that's tough. But the Dodgers have the Brewers, which is that's gonna be a really weird series because the Dodgers are trying to get to the division. The Brewers are kinda in coast mode. I don't know if they're gonna be pumping their their big arms, so uh, I still think the Giants, they're just they're just poised, they're primed, and they play good ball, and they're, they have a two-game lead. So I like the Giants. Obviously, anything can happen. I'm taking the Mariners to win the AL wild card. And did you say you're <laughs> taking the Blue Jays? As of right now, I'm still going Yankees-Red Sox. I'm still going Yankees-Red Sox, and I'm going to uh, have them you know, bash heads uh, in the wild card game, which will be a lot of fun. But real quick, before we go, I want to ask you as a former player, the mindset of the Padres right now, because they're out. They have fallen from the top of the mountain down, and now their motivation is to not finish under 500. Do the players care about that? Is that proper motivation to go out and stick it to the Dodgers and the Giants? Or are you just so bruised and dazed from your fall down the mountain that you're still kind of out of it? Like, I, how, how does that work? I think you 100% care. I mean, jobs are on the line. Uh, you know, if you care, you know, you care about your career, you care about, you know, the staff. And I've never been in a game where it wasn't giving everything like people weren't giving everything they had to win. So there's no doubt that they uh, they want to right the ship. You want to end on a good note. You want to charge into the next season and start building. So I don't think that they've, uh, they're going to cash it in. I think they're going to fight all the way to the finish. The teams that would more lit off the gas would be the ones that have already clinched. And that would be because they wouldn't necessarily be playing their best players. They want to stay healthy. It's a little bit different when you've already made it. You're kind of in that like already passed your finals or whatever, like senioritis kind of thing. Like, let's get to the playoffs. These games don't matter. It's spring training again for them. All right, you want to know something wild? The next time you and I talk, we will know not just who's in the postseason. We will know who has won the AL wildcard game. Like, we'll know. We'll, like, be able to come back here and be like, A, these teams made it. B, all oh, these teams moved on. This seems way too soon. I'm having so <laughs> much fun. It's <laughs> It happened too fast. Don't leave me regular season. But oh, you'll get to gosh. call me out on my Mariners pick if they don't win. But if they do win, I'm going to go bananas. You're going to hear from me. What if by this time next week, we aren't just talking about the Mariners. We're talking about how the Mariners uh, line up against the Rays. Like, I think that would be cool as heck. If we're just like, if we know by this time next week, it's Mariners Rays. I, I don't know. I'm in. It's going to be fun. 
All right, this has been episode 27 of the Baseball Barista Show presented by Tops. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. We'll talk about baseball. That's what we do. And we'll have some playoff baseball to talk. So see you then. Playoffs! I love coffee! <laughs>